Well, this is probably the week of some of the greatest sin. You say, why is that, preacher? Because we're going to all overeat and moan and groan. And then we're going to get up and we're going to eat some more. And we're going to moan and groan some more. And then we'll lay down and go to sleep. And some of you get up in the middle of the night and go get another piece of pie. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're glad to have each of you with us this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're blessed, aren't we? Yes. You know, we make, uh, I make light of that, make fun about that, but you know, we are blessed in so many ways. Probably one of the, a good eye-opening for a group of teenagers I took to Mexico one time. We went on a missions trip, went to Mexico. We was down there for a little while. It was, it was during the uh, Thanksgiving uh, break. And uh, so on Thanksgiving, and of course they had ate there in Mexico with the missionaries and ate well. And uh, they were so thankful. They got to, in Monterey, they got to eat at McDonald's on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> and uh, so... You know, sometimes it's an eye-opener for us to be someplace else where it may be, things may be a little bit different than what they are here. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 1, we'll begin reading in verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is, righteousness, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth of unrighteousness, or who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed uh, it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. We find as we would go on down through here, we find that how things begin to deteriorate in their lives and because of really what we're going to look at, verse 21. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and read the rest of that, but you can. But you see the deterioration in their lives because of something here. Notice here in verse 21 again, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. But notice the next part. Neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Neither Were They Thankful. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you'd meet with us. Lord, we ask that you'd forgive us of our sin, where we've sinned against you, where we failed you. 
We ask, Lord, for the hand of God to move in our services this morning. Lord, it's why we come. We didn't come just to sing some songs and just to hear some, some type of sermon. But we come to hear from heaven. And Lord, we come to worship you and to lift you up in song. And so, Lord, I pray that even now that we might lift you up and magnify you in the preaching of thy word. Pray that you do with every heart here, including mine. Lord, I pray that you draw us near. Lord, as we come into this time of this week that we talk about Thanksgiving and we think a little more about it, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be stirred to give you thanks. Lord, help us not to be unthankful, but help us, Lord, to glorify you. Lord, there may be somebody here that's not saved. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just draw and tug at their heart's doors, Lord, that they might come and receive Jesus Christ, their Savior. Now, Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for this time. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We're definitely living in a different day, a day where man has become unthankful, unthankful for so many things when, when we have so much to be thankful for. You know, everybody in this room, well, not everybody, but many in this room have heard the stories of the Depression. And uh, my grandparents going through the Depression, I heard some of the things that took, all, took place there and the struggles that they faced and the problems that they had. And, and sometimes uh, we've, we find some of those folks of that, of that era, how that they uh, would put things back. And we say, well, I, I remember saying, well, Grandma, why are you keeping this? Why are you putting this back? Why, you, why do you can all this stuff, Grandma? You don't use all of it. Why do you do that? She said, if you'd been through the Depression, you'd be putting stuff back too. But you know what? One of the things that uh, many of them will tell you, it was a hard time, but they were thankful for what they had. They tell you the stories of going to school with lard sandwiches, uh, just taking lard and spreading it on a, on a biscuit and took it to school, and that was their lunch. And, and they was glad to have that. And different things that just exactly like that. And, and a lot of times the only thing they had in the house was some flour to make the biscuits with and maybe make some gravy and a few things like that. And they were happy that they had that. And, they, and yes, it was difficult times, but they, it seems as though they were more thankful they were thankful for their neighbors and their friends and those that was around them. And, and a lot of the harvesting at, at different times, they would help one another in, the, in the, one another's fields and, and help harvest. And they were thankful for what they had. And they would help uh, make sure that their neighbors and their friends had plenty of food when the winter come. And, and they would take care of one. And they were thankful for good neighbors and good friends. And they knew one another. Hey, listen, they, here's an amazing thing here, even here in America. They knew their, their neighbors. They knew their names. And today, we hardly don't know the, our neighbors' names. And, and so, we're not really thankful for a lot of the things that we should be thankful for. And I'm not saying that we're, that we're not thankful. I'm just saying that many times there's a lot that we take for granted and we don't see the thankfulness that we ought to have. I know America's got its problems. Every nation does. And I know that things seem to be increasingly worse, but I believe that we have much to still be thankful for in this country. I still think that we is the greatest nation on earth. And I still think that uh, we are blessed beyond, beyond measure. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, if God really gave us what we deserved, we'd be wiped out. But I'm thankful for a God that's merciful and goodness to, good to us. You know, the Lord's blessed us beyond measure. Francis Schaeffer once said, the beginning of men's rebellion against God was and is, and is the lack of a thankful heart. 
The rebellion against God started with an unthankful heart. You think about Eve in the garden. Unthankful for really what she had, she wanted more. She wanted what, the, what Satan had tempted her with, was to be as God and to be like God. And that was Satan's desire also. And so she took of the forbidden fruits. She had everything else in the garden that she could eat. And yet she wanted that one that she was told not to take of. And basically, that's really being unthankful for everything else that she had there in one sense. And it causes a rebellion, and not just for her, and, but it was for Adam and for every one of us from that time on. And that's been the battle in our hearts, the unthankfulness. You see, we're living in an age of unthankfulness. In fact, you hear me quote this verse or talk about these verses quite often, uh, describing the day and time in which we live in. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, it says in verse 1, it says, This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then it begins to list and gives you an idea of what those last days and perilous times will be like, what they will look like. And it says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, bingo. Covetous. Want everything everybody else got. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection. Truce breakers. False accusers, incontinent, meaning they don't have, they don't have any self-control. Fierce, despisers of those that are good, high, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So we see that one characterization of these last days is being unthankful. And boy, we have it today. We have it today. You know, uh, you going to schools and everything else. And, you know, you always heard those stories of mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. Yeah, we used to walk three miles to school. is all uphill, both ways. <laughs> I never figured that one out yet, but they must have took a different route home. Is the only thing I can figure. And they was in the snow. And there's a lot of truth to a lot of that, too. But they was glad for the, the education that they had. They were glad. We, I think about the education that... My, uh, my dad had and, and uh, my grandparents had. My dad, didn't, didn't, uh, my dad went as far as the eighth grade and went to work. But he accomplished a lot in his life and uh, a very, very smart man in, in, in electronics and everything else and uh, just a lot of things. But they, they appreciated the education that they got and they put it to use for for, and they went to work and they used it. It wasn't about getting some type of degrees behind your name, 20 or, or 40 degrees behind your name. They, they put what they learned to use. They were thankful for it. Andrew Carnegie, a multimillionaire, left a million dollars for one of his relatives when he died, who in return cursed Carnegie thoroughly because he had left $365 million to public charities and had cut him off from those and just give him one measly million dollars. Unthankful. Unthankful. And Samuel Leibowitz, a criminal lawyer, and he was a judge during the time that he was on the bench and, and was a lawyer, he was able to save 78 men from the electric chair. Kept 78 men from going to the electric chair. And Samuel Lewis said, not one single one of them 
ever thanked me. Not one single one. Unthankful. Though their life was spared because of his work. You know, it, it's all begun because when men knew God, they glorified him not as God. We find there in, in verse 21, it says, Because that when men knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful. Because they did not glorify him as God, they were not thankful. Hey, listen, when we begin to, to glorify the Lord and put him first in our lives, we'll begin to look at things through different eyes and we'll begin to see things in a, in a different perspective and cause us to be thankful for what he's done. When man fails to recognize God as, that, as Lord of their lives, as the creator of all things, our judge and our almighty God, when we fail to do that, we become unthankful in all areas of life, not just in some areas. So we struggle and see that. They become vain in their thoughts and their imaginations. It's all about self. We, look, we see the trend today and, and uh, we, we, we know what the trend is, is that you know, it seems like everything is about self. And that's why that people aren't thankful because it's all about self. I mean, what do we see? I mean, one of the, one of the biggest things today. We put everything on social media. We take our pictures and we, boy, we got all this uh, airbrushing stuff or whatever it is, these, these apps where we, you, know, you can put hair on me. Amazing. Hunters and some of those guys was fooling around last night and they sent a picture. They had taken a picture of Sam and I had got had our picture taken in his Christmas outfit or Christmas suit and everything and I was standing there like that and they put, they put hair down to about right here on me and uh, put this beard on me and stuff like that. I look pretty good. I mean, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> then they had that where they could make your face look like that. They tried it on me. I still look the same. We can doctor the pictures. Why, why, do we, why do we do that? Because we're unthankful how that we look. Ungrateful. How God made us maybe. And we put it all over because it's a lot of times. And I'm not saying you can't post pictures. Of, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that is our attitude today. Several years ago I had a, a lady come to the parsonage there in New Franklin. And she she was crying. She was weeping. It was right before Christmas. Janine was there. And, and um, she come in and she wanted some help to buy her kids some gifts. And, and she began to tell us what she wanted to get. And this was, this was long enough ago that the, the big deal was not to have a cell phone for the kids. It was to have a, a, one of those pagers, one of those little th uh, things that you know, it showed the number. And boy, you could put a little message on it maybe. And and boy, everybody was wearing those little pagers, you know, with them. And she wanted to get one for her son. Oh, everybody in school in his class has got one. He's just got to have one. Well, how old is he? he? He's seventh grade. And a daughter won this other thing. And it was, anyway, it was going to cost like $50 or $75 for that little pager thing. And, and this other thing she won for her daughter, it was going to cost about $75 or something like that. And, and I, I looked at her and I said, you know what? 
I said, the best thing you could do for him. She said, if he don't get it, he's just going to be devastated because everybody else has got, got these things. And I told her, I said, you, you need to teach them the value of what they do have. Not be caught up in all this other stuff. Because if we're not careful, we become unthankful and we don't appreciate what we do have. And so many times uh, we have to have something somebody else has. And then when we get it, then we don't care. We're unthankful. Many times what you find where people are, you can, sometimes you can give a... You could give a brand new house and, to somebody and, and they, they might thank you for the house and everything, but the way they treat the house after you give it to them, they destroy it. So they weren't really thankful for it. Sometimes those of you that, that rent properties out, sometimes you fix up a place and, and somebody comes to rent it and they oh, this is so beautiful, this is so beautiful, this is so beautiful. Oh, I love this, I love this house. This happened to us. We rented a house out that we owned in Piedmont when we moved to New Franklin and we was trying to sell it, but we, we, was, we was making payments on it, so we rented it out. It was a, a very nice house. It had some acreage with it and it was on the edge of town and it was just a, it was just a, a, a it was, God gave it to us. It was just a, a great thing. And they, boy, they loved it. Oh, they were so thankful. Wound up, they put 36 pit bulls in it. Destroyed the house inside. We had to go in and clean it up, tear carpets out. We didn't have enough money to replace carpets. We just had, had wood floors in there. And we just had to kind of work the wood floors over and go with that and everything. And sold it for what I'd bought it for. And should have got so much more out of it. And they acted as though they were unthankful. But when they took care of it, they weren't thankful. They weren't thankful because of the way they treated it. And so we see that. Day. We're living day in time of unthankfulness is what I'm trying to say. And oh, how we need to realize the importance of being thankful for the blessings and all that God's given to us. We become that way uh, because it's about us and not about the Lord. They, their hearts become darkened to the truth of God's Word when they're unthankful. They rejected Jesus as Savior and turned to the, the lust of the flesh and destroyed their lives and their eternal soul because they were unthankful. Boy, it's a, it's a terrible thing to, in your life to become unthankful for what God has blessed you with. You see, we've been created to give thanks unto the Lord. God created man for that purpose. We're created to give thanks and to be thankful unto the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 16, 8 says, Give thanks unto the Lord, uh, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. The psalmist said in Psalms 30, verse 12 says, To the end that my glory may sing praise to Thee and not be silent, O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto Thee forever. In Psalms 92, 1, David here again, he said, It is good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to, unto thy name, O Most High. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Apostle Paul is writing here and he's talking about the return of Christ. And, uh, and, and he, he comes down to this and he says, In everything, in, in verse 18 of chapter 5, he says, In everything, in everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, wait a minute, it says that's the will of God. Oh yeah, he said, in everything. Yeah, but what if things are going bad? In everything. What if it doesn't turn out the way I want to? In everything. What if uh, I don't have this or don't have that? In everything, give thanks in Christ Jesus concerning you. You see, it is the will of God. 
There's a great reason to give thanks unto the Lord. And we have so much to thank Him for. Let me read you a little poem here. It says, I thank Thee, Lord, for blessings, big and small, for spring's warm glow and songbirds' welcome call, for autumn's hue and winter's white snow shawl. I thank Thee for the harvest rich with grain, for all trees and quiet shadow lane, for rushing streams, for birds that love to fly, my country's land, that mountains and the plain. I thank Thee for each sunset in the sky, for sleepy nights, the bed in which I lie, a life of truth and peace, a woman's hand, her hand in mine, until the day I die. I thank Thee, Lord, for all these things above, but most of all, I thank Thee for Thy love. So, boy, that's, that's, that really kind of spells it out, doesn't it, preacher? Do you know who wrote that? A man by the name of Ralph Gaither. It was written in a POW camp in North Vietnam. As a prisoner of war, he wrote that poem, giving God thanks. Can I tell you the North Vietnamese, different ones there, the Vietnamese were cruel people and tortured the POWs. And yet this man sits down and he writes a poem of thanks unto God. In everything, give thanks. Do you know that there's 86,400 seconds in your day today? You would think we could take two of those seconds and thank God. 86,400. You think we could spare two seconds to give thanks to God? Oh, the need is so great for us to be thankful for what God has done and how He's blessed us. We're to give thanks. Give thanks for your salvation. In Hebrews 2 and verse, or Hebrews 12 and or Hebrews, I'll get here right in a minute. Uh, 2 3 says, uh, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? A lot of people think that he's, that's written to the lost, but the book of Hebrews was written to Christians. And what he's saying is, he's writing to you, he said, how shall we escape if we neglect something that is so great as our salvation, taking it for granted, treating it as a cheap piece of cloth, and just throwing it around, trampling it underfoot, acting as though it doesn't mean anything to God. It took the shed blood of Jesus Christ going to Calvary, taking your sins and my sins upon Him. Just as He reached out and He scooped up the world's sins in His arms and, and took all around the world, the past, the present, and the future, and held it upon Him on that cross. And He died for every one of those sins. He rose again the third day. He had shed that precious, sinless blood for you and me that we might have eternal life. He says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Why is it that Christians neglect to live for the Lord? Why is it that Christians neglect to, to follow the Word of God? 
Why is it that Christians take so lightly uh, the opportunity to pray and talk to a heavenly father that loves us so much that he gave his son? Why is it that we, we, the Christian uh, takes the Bible and, and goes days and days without reading the Bible or, or just reading it like it's a newspaper and not really absorbing something from it? Why? I'll tell you why we're unthankful for so great a salvation. You say, well, preacher, I just get so busy. If you were thankful, you'd make time. You'd take time to thank the Lord. You'd take time to live for the Lord. You'd take time to do what God wants you to do. And oh, how we ought to be thankful. How should we Hey, Part of the neglect of, of so great salvation is that of uh, failing to continually be thankful for being saved. Boy, I'll tell you what, one of the most exciting things in a Christian's life when they're talking to somebody is it would be about your salvation. The day that you got saved. Knowing that you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is precious. It costs God everything. We need to give thanks not only for salvation, but for the forgiveness of sin. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Boy, I tell you what, it's good to think about. Hey, listen, we had the forgiveness of sin even after salvation. We need to thank the Lord for the forgiveness of sin. Hey, it's of God's mercies that we're not consumed. It's of God's mercies that He doesn't destroy us because we fail Him and we come up short even after salvation. We ought to thank Him for His wonderful forgiveness of sin. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nothing can take away our sin but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When I fail him, I can go to him and ask him for the forgiveness of my sins. And he'll forgive me. I won't have to stand before him one day with that sin to my account. Because he has forgiven. I can thank God. Thanks be to God for the forgiveness of sin. Oh, stop and think about it. Every one of us. Even though we're saved, we still sin. But we can have forgiveness of that sin. Be cleansed from all unrighteousness. We need to give thanks for that. Give thanks for an eternal home in heaven. I've been saved from the burning fires of hell. I've got a home in heaven. Hey, listen, you know, if you, you got a house here, whether you're renting it or whether you own it or, or whether you're buying it or whatever it is, and they all need work on them. It, 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 the windows, you got to get the windows sealed before the weather, you know. You got you to gotta fix a, a maybe a, 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 the roof because it's getting old. Maybe it's a, a, the, the squirrels have been eating around on the soffit or whatever it is. And, and just different things that's got to be fixed and continually something's going wrong. Sometimes you get a, 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 all of a sudden you walk in a room and there's water somewhere and you think, oh no, and you got something that broke and it leaked out water or or maybe you go in here and, and all of a sudden say, man, it's getting kind of cold in here. And you go and check and the furnace won't kick on. You got to get the furnace fixed. Can I tell you something? You ain't going to have to fix anything in heaven. You won't need a repairman in heaven. You won't have to be a do-it-yourselfer in heaven. Because we have a home that's been prepared by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Stop and think about all the the things that God has prepared for us. He said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them that love him. 
Oh, my soul. What's heaven going to be like? And I ought to give thanks for it now. Give thanks for the, for the home in heaven. I've been snatched from the burning uh, of hell and, and I've got a home in heaven. What a blessing. What a, what a wonderful thing it is to have a home in heaven. First Peter there in chapter 3 and or chapter 1, he says in, in verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We have something that is reserved, that is protected. Can I tell you what? There's no termites there. It's not going to eat it up. There's nothing there that's going to burn it down. There's nothing there that's going to destroy it. We have a home in heaven. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, hey, listen, uh, they're not going to tax you uh, uh, over it. They're not going to try to take it away from you. You don't have to put any insurance money down on it. Hey, listen, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you got a home in heaven throughout all eternity, and we need to give thanks for it. Amen. Need to give thanks. Thank God for His Word. Most of us in this room sitting here with a Bible. You go to the lobby of homes and you'll find a Bible here, a Bible there. You can go down to my office, you'll find a Bible, Bibles on the shelf. You'll find Bibles here and there. I've got Bible programs. I've got them on my phone, got them on my computer. And, and, and just Bibles. But boy, how thankful are we for the Word of God. You realize that, you say, well, preacher, men wrote that. But the Bible says that God breathed it and told them what to write, basically. Led by the Spirit of God. It would be like this. Now, I wouldn't recommend this, fellas. Don't do this. But when I was dating my wife, what if it, I, let's say I wanted to send her a love letter. So I call my sister in. So Sherry, why don't you write me a letter? Dear Janine. Dear Janine. Sure you don't want to write this? No, you go ahead and write that. Dear Janine, you are my queen. Dear Janine. And she writes it down. Your eyes are beautiful. Blue. You really want me to write it? I can't wait to see you with your eyes of blue. You really want to write it? Your skin is so fair. And I love your hair. <laughs> write it. Then at the end I put, I'll see you Saturday. Love, Romeo. <laughs> You say, did you write stuff like that? I'll never tell. <clears throat> and God spoke to these men and instructed them what to write. That you and I might have 66 love letters. And folks, it is a love letter. And oh, how we need to give thanks. The Bible says it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It guides me and directs me through this dark world. He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, the Bible, 
that I might not sin against thee. Psalms 119.11. He said, listen, he said, it'll keep you. This book will keep you from sin. Or sin will keep you from this book. And oh, how we need to give thanks for a God that didn't just say it, but he gave it to you in writing. Why did he give it to us in writing, Brother Haggett? Because he knows you and me. We'll forget it. I mean, half the time we can't find our socks. But we can go and pick up the Word of God and we can go through there and we can find the love of God. We can find the direction of God. We can look. Hey, it, 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 it'll comfort you. It'll guide you. It, it will, it'll give you hope. It'll rebuke you when you're away from God to draw you back to Him. It'll encourage you. Do you realize that uh, seeds of discouragement, they won't grow in thankfulness? Think about that. Seeds of discouragement won't grow in thankfulness. Usually if we get discouraged, it's, it's because we've allowed some unthankfulness into our hearts and lives. That's when we get discouraged. But you bring back into thankfulness and it gets rid of the seeds of discouragement, gets rid of the discouragement. And it, it'll pick you up and, and cause you to realize, yeah, things may not be uh, everything I want it to be, but boy, I want to thank the Lord for what, I, what it is. The psalmist said in Psalms 1, said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Oh, we need to thank the Lord for, for the wonderful word of God that directs our lives and gives us comfort and gives us a security in knowing that he still loves us. We need to give thanks for His church. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. He loves the church. Do you realize that we need to thank the Lord for the church that He's given us? We get to spend some time together. You say, oh my. And we need to be thankful. You see, He gives me fellowship with His people. He gives me encouragement from His people. He, he strengthens me in my home by His church, by the people, the teachers, uh, and one another, the encouragers, and those who, who lift up and build up. Boy, we ought to thank God for a church that, that loves the Word of God, that sings the songs that lifts Him up, that praises the Lord, that glorifies God, that wants to see God exalted. We need to give thanks for the church. Amen? Amen. A lot of churches are dying today. A lot of churches' doors are closing today. A lot of churches, and the reason is, is because they become unthankful for what God has given them. And they no longer preach the gospel. They no longer preach the truth. They no longer stand on that book that you're holding in your lap. They just want to be a little social club. And one by one, people are leaving and, and people are dying. And you're not reaching out into others and getting others into that new life. And, and so that it can grow and, and it's dying. Oh, hey, we need to be thankful for the church and thank God for what he's given us. Praise the Lord. He brings us together to worship Him together. We need to give thanks for the church. We need to give thanks. 
for His provisions. You know, life is not all about what we have. But life is really about who we have. But the one that we do have has made provisions for you and me. He's blessed us. The psalmist says, David said in Psalm 68, 19, he said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation. He said he loadeth us with benefits. He takes care of us. The psalmist there, David also again said, Psalms 37, 25, I've been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He said, I'll take care of them. Oh, we need to thank him for his provisions. You know, sometimes we only zero in on things when we ought to be zeroing in on the spiritual and the one who gave the things. Being more thankful for the one that gave than the one, the things that we got. We need to thank the Lord. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. You say, well, preacher, my car's on its last leg. It's just barely making it in here, making it out. Thank God you got one. Well, my shoes are three sizes too long. You must have Wyatt's. Be glad you got some. I remember the man that lived down the street from us. He, they, they sold their place. and he was, he was an outfitter in Africa. And uh, he would tell us about how that they collected plastic bottles and stuff. And they'd beat them out, cut them certain way and they'd make their shoes out of those plastic bottles. He said when they would go in that place, he said we'd have bottled water and, and everything. He said oh, he said it was just like Christmas when you gave them those bottles because it was a new pair of shoes for them. They don't sound like much to us but it was something to them. Provisions. Provisions. Many times we don't stop and think about how God has blessed us. You know, our biggest problem a lot of time is when we go to the closet trying to figure out what we're going to wear. I remember going to, when we was in Mexico one time up in the, making some visits in a new, new little uh, town, I guess you'd call it, called October. And we was going to their gates. You didn't go to their door. You went to their gate. You knocked on the gate and they would come and tell you whether you could come in or into their courtyard or to their house. And the houses, they didn't have any, do they had a doorway, but no door. They had window openings, but no windows. They had, generally had a wire coming in through the window, had one light bulb that would hang in the middle. If they wanted water, they had to walk up into the middle of the town and with jugs and get their water, bring it back down there. And that's, that's what they lived on. One room homes. And that day, we went to two or three houses and knocked on the gate. And the lady came and 
we had an interpreter with us, and we was inviting them out to the services that night. And all you seen the the laundry out here blowing in the breeze on their on their on their uh, uh, clothesline and like that. And you see these little kids stick their head out like that there and the grin, and you could tell that they didn't have any clothes on. How come? Because they was on the clothesline. That's all they had. And they were so thankful. Their floors in that house were dirt floors, but you could eat off of them. They had been swept and swept until they shined. They come at night and they would stand there. You could took your thumb like that and rubbed on any one of them and they'd have squeaked. They were so clean. Yet they had a dirt floors in their homes. They were so thankful for what they had. You all think you got it bad when I'm preaching. We'd sang for an hour and a half before we did the preaching. And then we went through an interpreter. The preaching was a good hour, hour and a half. And they stood. Us gringos got to sit on the little benches that they had made. The rest of them stood. And all they sang and they were so excited. They was excited for what they had. Provisions. We need to give thanks for the provisions that God made to us. And I've got to hurry here quickly. Give thanks for God who hears your prayers. Jeremiah 33, 3, call me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We have a prayer answering God. It's so good to know that we have a God that will hear you anytime, day or night. There's never a busy signal. Never a busy signal. Never is it, never is it, well, you'll have to call back at a different time. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Give thanks for his protection. He tells us that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. It'll be there for us. In Psalms 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. We thank the Lord for his protection and, and all that he's done. Corey Ten Boone, and I'm closing with this. Corey Ten Boone was held in a Nazi concentration camp. She had been taken there and she had a little New Testament and she would share a little Bible. She would share uh, uh, scriptures with the others. I said New Testament is a Bible she, and she would share it with others and they would hide it. And in this concentration camp, it was a place where it was all women prisoners and these different uh, uh, housing units that they had. The guards would go in and they would abuse them. And you know what I'm saying. And all kinds of things would happen. One, they knew that this was, was happening and it wouldn't be long that they'd be coming to their housing unit doing the same thing. Every single one of those ladies come down with lice, body lice, itching, scratching, bites, miserable day and night. Their bedding had the lice in it. The, the, the housing unit had the lice in it. Tim Boone said this, I thank God for the lies. They never stepped one foot in to our housing unit. They never laid one hand on us because of the body lies. And she said, I thank God for body lies. Think about that. In all things, give thanks. It may seem miserable. It may seem like 
terrible, but in all things. Thank you, Lord. Give thanks. Let's bow. Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. Jesus, that we can call you our Savior. Lord, there may be some here that don't know you as their Savior. They may have church membership, may have been baptized, whatever, but they've never truly received you as Savior. Oh, Lord, today may they come and receive you. We give you thanks for what you did at Calvary for us, that we could be saved. Lord, I pray that they might come and receive you. Pray here that every Christian would give thanks this morning. There's so much that we can thank you for. The greatest of all is salvation. The Word of God. The presence of God. The protection of God. The provisions of God. Lord, you've been so good to us. We could have went on and on and on. The love of God. We give you thanks. Lord, help us to just set aside some time this week. Maybe by ourselves. And just give thanks. You are an awesome and wonderful God. And we thank you. Bless now in the invitation I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed, your eyes closed this morning?